When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A grain of rice. A grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, man. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Uh, hi, folks. How y'all doing? Um, we can hardly breathe here from all the hurling we've watched over the weekend. Uh, you're all very welcome to the Irish Examiner's Hurling Podcast uh, here uh, t- this morning. Um, bright and early, we're at it this morning and uh, delighted to be joined Mark, TJ. And great to have you back, Ger Cunningham. Uh, the Bears safe senior, but um, nice to be able to look on. And uh, I saw you doing a few commentaries and... Uh, Bits and pieces, we're great to have you back. We won't be able to have you back probably in October, November when we cut the shite out of you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's it's great to have you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. But, uh, enjoy the weekend's hurling to some, uh, some, some interesting matches. And uh, I suppose tinged with us a bit, a bit of regret that, that unfortunately we weren't part of it. Uh, yeah. That you know, we felt we, you know, our performance against uh, against Carrie Tool last day, we felt we could, we could maybe should we still be there. But look, we, it is what it is. But uh, some some great hurling the weekend. You guys had the game in the park yesterday. It was ever Mark. Great game of hurling, really enjoyable. So uh, you know, it's coming to it's coming to hit nicely. Yeah, and it, like just on that, your like Mark is obviously an out and out uh, fan. I think he proposed it actually for all the world. But uh, are you <laughs> have you been as taken as everybody else seems to be by the system? Yeah, it's been very good. It's been great. I think I think the, the fact that they initially the, the plan was that three teams would come from the most of the three groups, uh, but I think the way it's worked out, uh, Dilo, that the, the only two came out uh, has worked much better. I think that's been a real, a real positive in the system. Uh, the lads have got plenty of matches. Um, they've played, you know, every second week really. Like you know what I mean? You'd wonder, you know, I suppose it's very difficult for dual clubs. Uh, going back, you know, you take Blackrock now, you, you know, after yesterday's great victory, and they look forward to a semi-final in two weeks' time. But Michael's are saying Michael's are football side are playing next uh, next weekend in the quarter-final of the county. So that's very difficult, and I think it's very difficult for dual clubs at that level to try, you know, with potentially six, seven, eight, nine players involved. Uh, but at least I suppose they're going from week to week and, and playing playing matches. And I think you ask you ask any player all over the country in relation to what they want to do. I think they, all they want to do is play games, and I think that. Uh, you know, builds momentum, you win matches, keeps your confidence going. So I think the system has been great. I think it's been a big success this year. The matches, some, even the matches last, of last two weeks ago, every match was nearly vital. Every match, there was something riding on it. Uh, and I think that it's, been a, it's been an out-and-out success in Cork, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I don't think you can argue about two out of four either. Like, we had it in clear now, my first four or five years playing senior with the club, and I thought it was great. You know, I mean, you couldn't really argue um, if you failed to win two games, you know, and, and you lost out, or in, in some cases, you failed to win all three. But um, no, uh, we, and we clear top seed in Turveen. And it's, this year now was funny because there was no relegation. So uh, we'll see what they come up with for, for next year. Um, but like the, the funny the, the funny thing is that like Corsi Rovers are in the semi final of the Premier Intermediate now. 
and they only won one game actually in their own robin and they were in last position with zero points but it's just the way the matches worked out yeah but that's okay the new scoring difference could come into play like correct and, yeah. and they put up a big score and the team on the other side were defeated by a lot as well so it just it just shows that you if you know all games are vital and that's the most because one of the issues that a lot of clubs brought up uh, in advance of the new format was that there would be dead rubbers in it. And it actually has turned out that there was no dead rubbers. But part of that was the fact that two of the four got through rather than three of the four. And you had Sars, Middleton and Douglas in one group who would have been three of the top fancy teams. They knew then midway through the season that only two of the teams could come through. So that had a, a huge bearing uh, on the Douglas and Middleton game because... If the three of them were going through, it wouldn't have had the the life that it had. That was a cracking game that was covered live on the examiner stream as well. And I think Tony Lee mentioned afterwards there was over twenty four thousand people watched that match. So, you know that that's 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 testament to the the, the new format that is there. Like, yeah, and in fairness, to you lads, you know, fairness to the examiner and co op superstores, I think who who deserve massive kudos covered the Munster League with us uh, last before Christmas as well, um, like. 24,000 markers in like I wonder what the figures are like TJ I certainly to Mike Reardon I made a contribution of 8 euros to see Oops, one of the yeah, I, to see the well and, and yeah and I gave the Clare County Board 12 euros even though all all Ireland winning medalists in Clare have got a free pass to games uh, this year because we have so few of them lads we understand that um, it's, it's very but, select you can, you, but you can't use it Mark for the online I can't send Pat Fitz my, my, my passport photo and say Pat can I get this free but it was well worth it I, 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 it was great interesting and clear obviously well, and, it, and we'll come to it later on a big shock well not a big shock in the, in the context of the year but Callahan's Mills uh, fingers as crowd as I call him Pat Donnan I suppose more recent captain in 13 and still popping up with the very last point yesterday. We'll get to them in a few minutes, causing a bit of a shock against Ballier. We all expected the Ballier Bridge final, but we have now been meeting the neighbours in Clare with, with the Mills and the Bridge um, last night in 93. But let's, to start, I didn't watch Aaron Dawn and Sars um, because I couldn't watch everything. It was bad enough trying to watch one match on the television yeah. from Kilkenny and one match on the laptop Saturday. And again with the Antrim final and, and laptop yesterday. Um, but look, that was one I didn't see, but the general team was Aaron's own, never said I, comes out again. Uh, that, that seemed to be evident. Yeah, incredible. Like it's, you know, whatever Nick Martin Bourne has with teams in Aaron's own, he gets the maximum out of them. And um, he's a water coach as well. Ducky, uh, Ducky Garman is training him. And I just read down the paper this morning that any time the Martin has actually been involved, he's had a Waterford coach, uh, Sean Pratt of the County. Uh, I think it's 2006. They beat Klein in that final. And the remarkable thing, Anthony, is that um, there were seven players from 2006 played in the match on Saturday night against Sales. Shea Bourne and Gold, Shea Murphy, Stephen Cronin, Bear and the Hero Murphy, Massey, Carroll and Colin Coakley, and actually Sean Kelly came on late in the game. Like, it's incredible to think that they played in 2006 and won a county, and they're there now. And like, Sales certainly would be the would one of the coming teams in Cork. But, you know, when I look at the overall context of a couple of the games that were played over the weekend, particularly Black Rock against Douglas, it was power versus pace. It was strength versus the youth. And that was evident in the Elm Zone game against Sars. 
Like Sales, who have an average of three twenty-one in their previous three games, ended up scoring one twelve. That is, and that is down to the physicality of the backs. That, it, that the game that Aaron Zone imposed on their forwards was just was dramatic. But from the get-go, and I think Fraggie Murphy covered the game with me on um, the Examiner Live, and we from the first minute, Sales couldn't get their hand on the ball, particularly their forwards, and only Aaron Myers at, at certain stages put up any bit of resistance whatsoever. But Aaron Zone dominated the game from start to finish, and I suppose. It ended in a crescendo of excitement with Liam Healy bearing down in goals and James Offin coming out of nowhere wearing a JJ Delaney and a Seamus Canlon job. Like, I mean, we saw that in the county level years ago, but it was the defining moment of the game. Healy got the up. And I, if you're a sales supporter, the one fellow you wanted to buy the part in the situation was Healy. And he bore down in goals and James, James Offin made an unbelievable, unbelievable hook, to be honest with you. Yeah, might he have flicked it all, you know, the little flick in front of himself over the bear mark? Yeah, well, I, I think I was actually talking to Pat Ryan about it, and Pat, on the night, um, thought that Liam Healy should have taken his point. He said, Pat, he was on the edge of the square, he'd no other choice. He actually texted me about half past one in the morning to say, Mark, you were right, he should have went for the goal. So, like, he was after reviewing the game at that stage, he said he couldn't sleep, you know, as, as any good salesman would be like. No, you get great, great clarity after a couple of glasses of wine, Mark. <laughs> no doubt about that. Like all things become clear, and you know the solutions. Well, come here, following on from that fantastic hook. There was a there was a forest of hurlies trying trying into the field in Parky Cave. Not, not not one bit of ash, but two bits of ash. I, I, he hadn't seen the first one, but it, I tell much, he's some hurley carry on the men that was able to flick him the second one straight into his hand to clear it. Ah, oh, jeez, let's caught the van. Caught the van is going to go down in history here. I think we're we're looking at a brick flick moment here uh, for caught. Like she said straight away, you doing caught commentary were roaring caught the van. Yeah, well, <laughs> look, the power of the media and the power of. Um, of Twitter and stuff that, that 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 people post this stuff like I mean we were all lauding Carter Van last week and what she did and that was that was absolutely magnificent but to see it a week later is just dramatic stuff altogether and in the last play of the game Anthony and there was only a point in the game so and, and like if you got yeah. cut for over carrying and stuff like that and a free in it hit yeah. a it hit a huge bearing and it's like I suppose the next well, thing that happened no crop park will probably send someone down to the sideline and stop the holiday carriers. Well do you know what like that honestly has been in my head since that on Saturday, right? Because I said, like, you know, and even myself and Larry, we, we had a bit of crack about it, Larry, like, will they do something about it now? And TJ, would it, would it, come here, would it have been something you might have thought, talked about, we'll say, with Thomas's training? It, like, that this, this is after happening now two weeks in a row. Now, Cart didn't score her point, but she still got off for a shot, let's say. Okay. And obviously, this resulted in Aaron's own clearing the ball 80 yards up the field. Final play of the match all but. Um, but like, is it something you should be nearly thinking about now that hurley carriers aren't on their knees with a load of hurleys? Yeah, I can honestly say, Dilo, that I've never, I suppose, spoken to a hurley carrier about that. However, I will admit to saying, right, do you know if you've got a hurley carrier one side of the pitch and the forwards on the fence tries to open up that side of the field, right? We have in the past said to our early carriers, so what you could do now right, is step onto the field three or four yards there, right? And the goalie might think there's a player there, so it kind of narrows the space. <laughs> so we have touched on that type of stuff, right? So to go back to Mark, I do think that the hurley carrier has a big role to play. It's more than just, his, his brief is gone from more than just carrying hurleys. 
Yeah, CJ, yeah. I tell you, there was a lad from Palascreen on to me about you there. Um, just his name won't come to me there now, but he sent me an old private uh, tweet there about uh, the bouncers uh, causing a row while Palascreen were going well against them a few years ago. And uh, he did nothing at all. You were in the ticket things. Now, he didn't say you were fighting. He didn't say you were fighting, but uh, you weren't discouraging. And the next thing, the ref summoned him, who was nothing to do with it at all. I don't think he was a native Palascreen man now. His name just won't come to me, but it's who he were called out. Before he got a chance to open his mouth, you said, Ref, all my fault. All my fault. <laughs> <laughs> and you were both warned, and, and you were done to win by eight or nine points. Like, Yeah, well, the only thing I'll say with Palestrine and Ferris, some very, very uh, tough, honest crowd, and they give you plenty of it. And there's a saying um, in Palace from years ago about um, when you go hurling there, they say, I'm not telling you to pull low, I'm not telling you to pull high, but pull anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Spillane classic yeah. is in for another week. Gags is back. <laughs> but that, that, that's actually true staying for Palestrine to be fair. But they are, oh, they, yeah, in yeah. fairness, they, they're, they're tough boys down there. Yeah, they were dealing with the right crowd with you, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> fairness. Uh, no, lads, look, sure, that has Aaron's own against probably, look, their story for the year, I, in lots of ways for me, you could talk about UCC, I suppose, and, and, and the drive for four uh, with Emma Killy and they're stopping it now they in the semi-final. But like Aaron's own, where they... The way they've hung in there in games and now are, are in the last four. Obviously, there'll be massive underdogs against the Glen, probably. Is massive too strong to put it, Ger? Um, No, it's, I'd say it'd be quite similar to last Saturday. They know where they were, you know, you could say they were massive underdogs last weekend as well. They were, I think Sarah's win some places were 4-1 to one on to win the game. And uh, I think the headline of the exam this morning sums up here and is on the team that refuses to quit. I think last day, in the previous match against Newtown as well, they, went, they, went to, they were in injury time. Uh, and it looked like they were going out of the competition, and they got an injury, the, uh, an injury time goal, to to stay in stay in the, in the competition on scoring difference. So, um, I think it was down to Dale last week. I think the fact of the you know the, the local derby situation came into play big time. You know they're living alongside each other. Uh, one team, hot favourites to, to go through, had played really well out through the competition, and, and you know looked to be on course to take on the den in the semi final. That would be a lot of people's fancies in the competition to go through. But I think Aaron's own. It was the first time I think this year they, that they came out, out of the traps um, very quickly. All the other matches, they'd been very slow and they'd been chasing the game. But I think this time, I think they actually felt if, they, if Sarah's got ahead of them and got four or five or six points up, they mightn't be able to catch them. And I think they put a lot of focus on getting into the game early. I think their matchups were quite good. They have a lot of big physical players. Um, and I think they, uh, you know, I think they, they, I think, I think they got a right tactically on the line. Uh, got a good start. And they just, you know, they got into, into Sarah's face. They were... Sarah's then began to move a small bit and you know all of a sudden, you know, where you think you're probably probably in the game going into it, a small bit complacent in that if you're four to one on, you're not, you know, it's just very hard to then to, to change midstream. Uh, and I think in fairness Aaron's only stuck in there. They probably could have even won the game by more because the the bear who's Owen Murphy, who's normally very good from freeze, actually missed two or three frees that he normally would get, no, even though it was into the wing. But um, in fairness to him, when the when the chance came at the end of the match to put the ball over the bar, you know, he he was, I'd say it was never in doubt because he's such a good free taker. But back to Mark's point, that free taker, that, that hook in the end by James O'Flynn was massive. The interesting thing you were talking about there were hurley carriers in the new rules that the guidelines that have come out over the last weekend. Will hurley carriers be included in the numbers? Yeah, 11. 11 is all you're allowed. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll come to those. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's into, yeah, but your chase, if you break your hurley, someone has to bring you in early. Gerald, I was just going to touch on there. When we talk about Limerick in a while, the lack of a game for the guys who are beaten in the semi finals seems to be a factor in Limerick. Is that potentially going to be a factor for the Glen coming down the track? 
that's probably the one thing that I'd say for any of you that then now have, have you know won't have played uh, when the semi-finals played for I think four weeks at least. Uh, in between, uh, St. Nick's, their football club, are playing a relegation match next Saturday night. Now, I don't think they have a huge amount of, of dual players, but it's bound to be a distraction, I suppose. And trying to get challenge matches this time of the year isn't easy either because, you know, clubs are playing themselves. If you go, if you look at playing matches in other counties, you, can't you, know, you, might, you might be lucky to get a game of, of someone in the same situation. But I'm not hearing that they, they've played anybody. I don't know that. Um, but I think it's probably the one thing that Aaron's own going... Uh, on, the, on the back of, uh, of, of, of playing, a, playing a game and the Lynn's lack of game time. We've seen it in, in the county for in over the years. That break of four weeks, you know, can, can, can be difficult to overcome. Like, but uh, I think, again, they'll, they'll probably relish the opportunity, TJ. This, this is a place they wouldn't have expected to be. I think, it's, you know, early on, they'd have been happy to, you know, to be involved. I'd say getting to the semi-finals beyond their wildest dreams at the moment. And I'd say they'll really, you know, there's nothing to lose again, same as last Saturday night. They'd look forward to the challenge, but... I think on paper you still fancy the game. Yeah, and in, I suppose in Robbie O'Flynn you have the type of guy that can unlock defences as well with that bit of pace and that bit of you know he county star like so. That's that's one to to, to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, he probably is a good player, but again, I suppose you know I suppose Glenn have Rob Downey on the other side of the wing, and you wouldn't you could probably see you know you probably see Rob Downey coming across maybe or possibly coming across to Martin if, if need be, uh, and Ron wouldn't be short of a bit of pace either. You know what I mean? So it'll be. The matchups will be okay there for the Glenn, I think. Yeah. So, lads, on, like, we stay with Cork, you know, great game. I watched the two E um, expounding about it, like, the Lal Ireland was really in full flow, and it was a great game. I really enjoyed it. It got, it got a bit fractious um, just before half time. Now, we can't have it everywhere. We've been saying that in every other county, Barkilkenny, the referees are, are, are too finicky and there are too many frees being blown and we're not getting the type of hurling we want to see and I thought Cahill you know went back to being Cahill of old I remember Cahill refereeing Kerry County Finals when I wanted him to blow the whistle but there was no sign of him blowing the whistle <laughs> and I haven't sh- and I haven't Shane Brick like I tried to my Billy Brick you know and the pure ball players but um, no look I thought he, he did his best you know it got a bit fractious for half time, as, as you'd say down there. It got a bit saucy, and even even though on our on our WhatsApp page, a fella said no mention of big balls. Uh, Roy Keane got a mention and everything in the core commentary at, at one age and at one stage on his attack on on your man Highland from City or Leeds because yeah, he broke his leg. Yeah. I that, that's the fella Conium was saying to me yesterday off air. He says, "Who? What fella was that fella? What's his name again?" Alfie Ingle Hallen. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it came out as clear as that yesterday, no mind you. <laughs> it, was, it was cold up there yesterday. The, the jaws were starting to chat for a little bit with the breeze. Yeah, the East Cork accent and that kind of a name, like, are not really thrown together, like, you know. Yeah, we, we all kind of knew what we were talking about anyway. The yeah. Kino went out and gave a whisper in his ear. He says, I see a Christmas day. Like. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't laugh at me, like. Yeah. But, 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 um, yeah. but come here, great game, lads. Great game. And you, 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 you give it a great core commentary as well. And I will say, great insights as well. You, you call things that, that actually happened in the game. Well, look, I think a number of things, I suppose. Um, the first 15 minutes of the game was the best hurling I've seen witnessed in a, in a lot of places. It was eight points each, and I think from memory there was 15 of the points scored from play, or certainly 14. It was just brilliant, brilliant hurling from both teams. And I, I think both 
teams probably in advance of the game, and I wouldn't want to say this, is that whoever won that game yesterday, I think, has a great chance of going to the final now. We'll talk about UCC in a minute, which it's another, it's another day's work, but both those teams went at it, hammers and tongs. No major tactics, I think, in the first 15 minutes. They were just flaking into each other, and it was complemented by Cahill McAllister's handling of the game. Now, it did turn fractious, and I think that because of one incident, I think, where Owen Dolan would have pulled uh, before the ball arrived and cut Niall Cashman across the helmet. Now, to be fair, we heard it. I was watching the ball. I didn't actually see it, so I don't know whether he... John might have saw it. I didn't see whether it was, whether it was early or whether it was low. But I would say this. I don't think the referee saw it either, to be honest, because if he did, he certainly would have put Owen Dolan in the book and he left play developed. And left it. But I don't think he saw it, so I, I would support Carl in that. But I think anybody who saw it on television after said it was a straight red. But I have no doubt that Cahill didn't see it in the course of the game. And then I suppose after that, there was a couple of yellow cards handed out. There was a bit of mountain going on. But that, that may have been a slight bit of retribution for maybe the, the pulling on Donald. He, he happened yeah. to be the person, I think, involved again afterwards. And like at half time, it was just in, completely in the balance, 14-11, like, and the win to come for Douglas. And in fairness, Ger- and I give it over to Bodie you now on, on a couple of things he called. You said like there's a temptation now to change the way you're playing with that wind. And will you go looking for the lump shot or the, the lotto shots as I, I love to call them when I was coaching, I suppose. And uh there's no doubt about it with Kingston gone into the edge of the square, like did I thought they had about five wides that the only one that should have been really shot for was Stephen Mylan's one. He should have just steadied himself a bit, like because you'd expect him to score from where he was. Put the two balls they put into Kingston, he got a point and set up a point for Turnbull. And yet they were lumping wides, like, and all of a sudden, then Blackrock got a couple of frees just to keep him ticking over, and they were back to square one, really, you know. So, in that sense, I just didn't feel that it, it, it you know, that they made use of the wind in the correct way. Yeah, it's probably always a temptation. <clears throat> you said before during the match, like we played, the, the wind was quite strong. Dale, looking down the pitch, we were in the stand, but like the flag was 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 really blowing. I thought Douglas had used the ball really well in the first half. You know, they 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 carried the ball, <clears throat> support off the shoulder, the shorts passing. You know, I think Shane Brick, I mentioned there a while ago, I think has done a really really good job with Douglas this year. Um, I think they've come on leaps and bounds uh, from where they were. I think their work rate, um, you know, their style of play. You know, but they have three serious forwards in in, in Cadigan, Turnbull, and, and Shane Kingston, obviously. And you know, they those three scored twelve from play between them yesterday. Uh, and I think the temptation, obviously, is trying to get them on the ball as much as possible. But I did think that a few of the other guys that maybe took the wrong options, like as you say, they had to win maybe, and they went potting for scores. I think they'd have been better off having made the decision to put Shane in full forward. That should have been the tactic: create the space, get the ball to him, and, and leave him take him on the rest. Um, because uh, they were on that, top there, John. Like, they were on top for that first yeah. 11 minutes of the second half. I think they had five or six wise daily, which were crucial. Because <clears> the Rockies had kind of pulled away just before half time and went, you know, had that four or five point lead. And, you know, you know, I think Douglas would always seem to be chasing the game like at that stage. And they needed all those scores to go over to build on the confidence because the, I think the Rockies are a very good team. They're a, kind of an underrated team in Cork. They've been, they've been there, thereabouts. They're, they're a big, strong, physical team. Uh, with a good management team, John Brown, further around, guys who've been around the block, and I think they've been with this team for a couple of years. They have a good couple of young fellas coming through, and uh, I, I think they, you know, they were impressive <coughs> enough. And I fancied them before the matches because I just felt that uh, that Douglas, the three brilliant forwards, but you know, they needed 
a bigger contribution from you know from the three other guys. And then I think the game turned. Alan Connolly got one ball, came in, uh, he got it turned, which he's very good at. He's a slight young lad, but his hurling is really really sharp. Uh, and when the chance was on, he, he real good forward instinct, put the ball into the corner net. So that, once that goal went in. I think Douglas were really struggling from there on in to get back into the game. Uh, but I think they'll, they'll certainly be thinking this morning they had their chances and they'll rule those misfiles. Yeah, and I'd say if anyone was tearing his hair out, it would be Shane Brickley, because normally we, with Kilmiley and Shane, would have been edge of the square and let it into him, you know. And uh, I'd say when he got a minute to water break, he was saying, let's why do you think we're after putting Shane in there? But look, just on it, Ger- like surely Michael Holleran will be getting a call from yourself or Kieran Kingston or somebody like I mean, for me it was a tour de force display by this fella who's who you'd know a lot about him obviously after he's winning after winning the Fitzgibbon as well. Like seven yeah, points he's, a No, Michael's been in us for the last couple of years. Like he's been kind of he's been he's been unlucky with a couple of injuries. Uh, and this year he fractured a bone in his ankle and had, and was out for six or eight weeks. So like that was the first time he came back in. Yeah. So, you know, you begin to wonder at times, like, he obviously, he looked really fresh, he looked really energised, um, you know, he's the captain of their team, so I presume once he was he was ready to play, they were going to bring him back in straight away. I thought he was excellent yesterday, you know, he, was, he got seven points from play, Mark got a bit confused a few times with the colour of the helmet with John O'Sullivan, and uh, he was crediting for two more, but uh, seven out of seven, <laughs> way two things, got, got, got fouled a few times for freeze, um, you know, he's been really, really good, he's been in McCork now at the stage, he's... He offers us something different. He's a, he's a big lad, good hand on him. Uh, and I've no doubt uh, that was the best I saw him play for Blackrock. It was the best display that, he, that he's given for me in the, in the green and gold jersey. And uh, no doubt the confidence he would hopefully, that he got from yesterday, he will build on it and go forward. And uh, hopefully it could be an option for us early, you know, later in the year. So he's in already? Oh, he's always been in for, he's been in for the last two or three years. He's been on the, on the panel, on the training panel. He's been there. Uh, he's, been, he's been there. He's been, you know... Um, Kieran would have known him really well going back. He was in the panel, I think, back when Kieran first came in in 2016. So he's, you go back four or five years, he's he's been around a while. Um, but I think by far yesterday was his standout moment. Like he, that's the that's the, the the best display that he's given. You know, he's he's always been known for a, being a, a, you know a, a, having a good hand and, a, and maybe a good ball carrier. But his accuracy and his, his I say shooting yesterday, he got he got a couple of points yesterday from both you know from the sideline and the far side from where we were. One in each half, and then in front of us, he got a, a ball from about 55 yards and stuck it over. They were brilliant scores when you know when Blackrock needed him, and he stood up and he led them yesterday really well. Yeah, he reminded me a bit just before you come in, Mark. There last year's semi-final and tip, where Boris Ali, you know, really announced that they'd arrive at um, Connor Kenny, gave an exhibition of wing forward play that day, and he got five or six some play like that, and it got him over the line where they weren't expected to. Huge call, Mark. You flagged yeah. the men. You flagged the men. I'll have to say, you know, and you can give your overall on it. But you flagged it, Alan Connolly. You thought if he got the right ball, he might do something, and you were getting a bit frustrated. I said that it wasn't happening, and come at the hour, come at the men. Yeah, well, I, I thought in the day, Dale, that he he he's only nineteen years of age. He's not the strongest lad in the world. Like he, he's. Um, you know, and, and I was talking to John Brown after after the game. He said, "Look, he hasn't got a whole pile of strength and conditioning done, Mac, because he's still very young." And I felt that Conor Kingston had him well under control for most of the game. Uh, physically, he just couldn't go past him. But what I really liked about yesterday is that the ball that he knew the flight of the ball, he backed into Kingston and gave himself a half a year to knock the ball down in front of him. And he showed a pair of heels in there that I hadn't seen in the court. Now, we'd seen it already in the championship against Aaron's own. But in this current game, he hadn't shown that pace. 
but he went back, went past Brian O'Neill and Connor back for Douglas as if he was only standing there. But the way he shot the ball across the goalkeeper, to, and a lot of far was hit it to the goalkeeper's side to make it easy for the keeper to save it. He went across the goals to make it difficult for him to save. So I was delighted. But I, I think it just showed maybe his maturity in his head that he'd worked out that the physical stuff, he couldn't get into a one-on-one battle with Conor Kingston. He just gave him a slight bump back into him and walked away. So that to me shows a great head. But it also showed that the likes of, we said in the past, we said the likes of a Jordine or a Ben O'Connor, you know, they can wait and wait for a long time and then get one opportunity and stick it. And I think that's always a great sign of a player. So, but just coming back to the Michael O'Halloran thing, um, Anthony, like the beauty of this, the fact that the championship is on now before the intercounty scene, this gives O'Halloran a real leg up now, in my opinion. Like you're going into a semi final. If Michael O'Halloran can continue this vein of form, and it's actually club form, in my opinion, should play a big part on any fella getting into an intercounty setup or getting into the team. And sometimes fellas need a break, Anthony, to get into the team. And I think this is the opportunity. I think possibly Michael O'Halloran has shot himself way up in the thoughts maybe of the selectors over the weekend. And that is the beauty of the championship being played in advance of the intercounty scene. And... We'll have to wait and see because the likes of Declan Dalton from Ballamacorda and Farrell O'Neill's is another player who's shooting the lights out, maybe at senior A grade, but he's still doing the business and he's been doing it for the last two or three years. And, you know, when I look at Ryan Turnbull and Cadigan getting eight points between them yesterday, I'm still crediting Michael O'Halloran with the eight points because I know him since he's 14 years of age and the development squads with Cork and he still has the same helmet as, as then. Yeah, I'm Matt, well, is, yeah, is, I, is, is Brian Turnbull part of the senior panel as well? Yeah, Brian Turnbull's been in. Yeah, Brian Turnbull's in early in the year. Uh, again, has been unlucky with injuries, TJ. He um, yes, yeah. got, got injured early on in the year with us, with, uh, got a hamstring problem, missed out with UCC on the Fitzgibbon Cup. He came back in and uh, was part of the panel for, for the final. He played in kind of a, a peripheral role with UCC. Uh, and um, when we went back to the clubs, um, again, he got injured with a hamstring early on in the year, missed. Uh, missed a, played the first 20 minutes against Ballyhead and he missed it. He missed the game afterwards against Middleton and, and uh, against Star or against Stars, uh, and he's only just coming back in back in again. But um, oh yeah, he's been in. He's been he's he's, he's been a he's been flagged as a prospect for a number of years. He's, yeah, uh, yeah, I've watched watch him under He's very good. Yeah, played um, the final and like he played really, played really well. So I thought he was very good yesterday. Not sure, Dale, where you're at, but I'm just here like Cork, all these forwards, like trouble coming down the track. I'm thinking. Yeah, I, but the only thing with that is, TJ, I'm just thinking that uh, Liam Cahill will have four weeks training and got into his fillets before Cork even start, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Um, before they have the likes of Hoggy back and, and, and Michael Holland and these fillets, like, you know what I mean? And uh, what you're praying is that UCC will get to the final, so there'll, there'll be a lot of outsiders involved. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and on that, like, I, well, just, I suppose just to keep on, on the team for a second, like, I did meet Brian Lohan. Uh, um, we were covering the double header in Clare two, three weeks ago, and I did. I'm really close friends, obviously, from our times, and 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 still friends to this day. But obviously, he's the Clare manager now, and I'm not involved or in, in a head or shape or form. But I just said to him, "You'll nearly have to look at lads playing well." And he he just said to me, "Yeah, and it, it will shake up the panel day long. Yeah, you you have to look at fellas and and say that they are hurling really well, and maybe some of the guys we had thought of early in the year now." In the three or four weeks, I will say, watching it since I'm watching the semi-finals yesterday, possibly a lot of the 
established guys looked to be to the fore again, you know. Um, certainly a few, like Erog, their main man was Danny Russell. Like Danny's probably inter-county time has come and gone. He didn't take it maybe when they real but playing top of his game at the moment. Now, whether you consider a fella like that who'd be up around the 30 mark, but uh, that, that's a, that's a conundrum. But it did, you're right, Mark. I think it has thrown up huge... Great uh, conundrums for management, and that's what you want as a management as well, Joe. You want you want headaches, like it's like coming up to well, any monster final or whatever. Like you want fellas going well. Absolutely. Well, I think you know, we, if you look back, this was we would initially looked at our panel back twelve months ago. You started back, and when we went in there, you'd look at you'd look at it, you'd look at uh, you'd look at picking a panel, and uh, here you are now twelve months on. Like, and you, you know, the whole year has been decimated with the with the pandemic and that sort of situation. We've only had you know played five or six games, uh, been interrupted for six months. So it's, it is great to see, you know, that lads get three or four or five games to put their hand up to see where their form is at. Uh, and I think it, it's great that you get the opportunity to see guys, uh, especially as you get to the, you know, the, maybe the knockout matches where they're, you know, where the pressure is on and you see, really see, see Philip how they perform. So uh, it's great from our point of view once you go back training to know that guys are coming in, are coming in on the back of, of playing matches with their club. And, you know, if, you're, if you can perform at your club, that's how we all got picked day one. You've got picked on club form, and if your form is good there, you come into the intercounty season and into the county into the setup on the back of you know your 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 confidence is up, your fitness is up, you're playing well, you've had a good season. So uh, I think it's been great to see that we've been able to see the matches and see the fellows who put their hand up uh, and gives us a chance to look at the guys in form. Yeah, and then last night, lads, to finish up the semi-final, parents. Um, I don't know if you saw this now, TJ. You could have been training or anything, but like. It just compared to the other, I didn't see the Aaron's on Saturdays, but all I heard about it and read about it was that it was intense and dogfight local derby. But last night had the feel of a different sort of game for me watching it, you know, and that, that intensity didn't seem to be there. Now, look, I don't think Nip Piercing are in a great place. Like they only scored 12 points, as Shani said last night against the Glen. You know, they didn't, they didn't to me look confident in their play. But then you'll have UCC, like with the, the Blarney lads have been involved in, in an epic the night before. But Jin, you the likes of Paddy Cadell rocking up. You the likes of Paddy O'Loughlin, who had a ferocious disappointment on Saturday, you know, when they were favourites to be doing with Kamala. But you Paddy O'Loughlin coming back to the lads he played with all winter. <clears> and, you know, you, 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 you have that X factor with UCC that are probably only going to get better the longer they were staying in, as we were saying, Mark. Yeah, well, the, fun, the funny thing is that, like, um, UCC had knocked out Amy Killy previously and, and the night they had a very uh, slack panel with them as well and then they rocked up last night with Killian Dwyer from Tipperary uh, Andrew Casey from Waterford Mark Kyo from Tipperary and uh, Paddy Cadell four extra players nearly all into county standard and, and who knows in another fortnight's time how many more actually like Connor Brown from Kilkenny is also available to them no, so like, not, no, no, no. Connor is, Brown's is he in, gone? Is no, he Jersey? Connor Brown's in uh, is in minutes this year. So I, I got that question this morning as well. Was was he available? No, he's not available. Is there anybody else still available to UCC? Um, Montgomery can come back in, can he? Yeah, Montgomery missed last night, but he was playing football with his club in Waterford, and he played the previous match against him McKilly. Uh, so I think from talking to the lads afterwards last night, he's probably the only one. I know Billy Sheen is another guy who is very keen to play and and and, uh, and wants to play in the competition, but I think obviously. He's going. He's going well at the moment uh, with Dixborough. So again, the Kilkenny County final might clash with the with the, with the semi final. So I think at this stage, you say, Mark, they, they rocked up. Like, but these guys will be part of UCC for all year. 
you know, they've played in, uh, they've been in Fiskibbon Cups and uh, they're very much part of the college scene and at times with UCC, they're at the back in relation to other counties and their, and their match programmes that, you know, they won't always have fellas available to them. So it was great to see there was nine Corp, Lane Corp players played, you know, actually started last night with UCC and there was another three or four who came on. So you will be backbone by other guys who go to college from outside the county. So, but I think it's, uh, you know, it's, I'd, still, I'd be a fan of keeping them in the competition. I think they've always supported the competition. Um, and especially this year, I think they made a very special effort in the year that was in it. Like, you know, the easy option would have been maybe not to participate and pull out. But in fairness to them, I think they, 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 the lads um, were very keen to put a team in there. And it's great to see the likes of Paddy O'Loughlin, who, who lost the country semi-final the night before uh, with his club in Kilmanagh, really disappointed to lose the match. That he turned up last night, came down and, you know, obviously didn't play in the first half, you would say probably, you know, the, the, the hurling that he would have been expected to play. But I thought he was better in the second half. But I think it's great, great. I think it's great credit due to those guys to come, come up. Shane Conway played, played a football game, Dale O'Donnell and Kerry on Saturday night. And again, turned up last night, his sister drove him up to play. And they've been very committed UCC players. And I still think that in the overall picture, it's good. It's very good for the, the other Cork players playing with these guys, uh, playing in the Cork Championship. And, and uh, you know, they've, uh, they've come through. They've beaten the champions, beaten Pierre Sheik, and now they have a chance to get to the county final. And TJ, yeah, me and you would be kind of neutral on the thing. I know when overall neutral, but I know Joe, you'd have had a bit of an involvement. You'd have a strong involvement with them in the Fitzgibbon. But um, TJ, would you like we we would have played against amalgamations, I suppose, in Clare and in Limerick. Yeah, we'd be fair to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we never really played against a division or a college. Like, like it'd be like, how would you feel? Would say if Gary Spillane were beaten in a county semi final by UL or LIT or Mary I? Yeah, I was just racking that around my head, like. It's difficult to kind of comprehend how a guy can play senior hurling for two teams, like senior club hurling. I can understand, like, if a guy was playing for a lesser club, giving him an opportunity to play in a senior championship, that would make complete sense to me, right? But, like, getting two chances, like, a guy playing senior hurling with his club, that doesn't work out, you can play with UCC. I think there's a sense of unfairness about that. Um, I, t- I get Jared's point. I do think it would hand- enhance any championship to have better players playing. It definitely helps. In a lot of counties, you only have three or four teams who can win a county championship in a lot of places. So having another team or two in the mix is a big help. But there's a small little bit of unfairness in there for me. And like you said there, I think when you bring it down to brass tacks, if guys now in the county semi-final and got beaten by a UL star sort of tight team, I'd probably be taken there, yeah. <laughs> and star started from outside players from outside of the Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm saying. So that, that, I suppose that's the balance. But look, at the same time, it, it, it's been working. UCC have been in the championship for a long number of years and they haven't won it. Maybe it's driving standards. Maybe there's a reason for having them there. It's good to have all those players. But certainly, I think that there's players all over the country who are playing with clubs that might never be senior. So to give those guys an opportunity to play a senior hurling championship, I think there's a huge plus in that. Now, is it good enough for just those guys alone? That's another question, isn't it? Yeah, and obviously they have the disadvantage of them no real training. Now, they had the training earlier in the year and one of fits yeah. back-to-back, you know, so they, they'll be very familiar with her. And on the game itself, Gerard, they, they, they played a real college style of hurling, didn't they? they? They linked up really well and took the right options at the right time, I would have felt. Yeah, even though they started really well, like you know, they, they, they had a goal got in 15 seconds, like in the game, Patrick Borg got a goal straight away. But it was only as the game developed, and whether it was because Pierce tired or kind of went out of the game, but you could see you could see UCC got a you know of settling into their their style of game, moving the ball, 30, 40 yard passes to the guy in a better position. So 
yeah, these guys, a lot of these guys will, will only, you know, will only turn up on the night, you know, there's, there's no collective training and, you know, that they won't be able to get together before the Black Rock match and they won't have any collective training. So, like, that, it is very difficult to, to expect a, a, a very strong team performance. You're relying on the work that they would have done back in, uh, you know, back in January and February when they were preparing for the Fitzgibbon and, you know, there's, there's still four or five guys in there. You know, Shane Barrett wouldn't have played with UC before because he's a fresher uh, in that sort of scenario. So, Guys are coming in maybe on the night and and, and uh, on the fly, coming in trying to, to trying to get used to the style of play. So it's very much um, you know it's very much you know team play, individual players really trying to play as a team without any collective training at the moment, and uh, that's a difficult one. Um, I think they 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 were lucky enough that they, they played Duhallow in the in the in the in a game uh, four or five nights before they got a chance to play McKinley and uh, again they got a break. Uh, the fact that McKinley were out Jamie Han at the end of the night was was a huge plus to them. And, uh, you know, UCC kind of always come up with, every now and then they come up with a big performance in a big game. Uh, and then for different reasons, maybe they don't have personnel involved. Uh, it's very difficult when they don't train together to keep that going and to keep, for, to be consistent all the time. But again, you know, they've, they've won two matches back to back now. They're in the semi-final. You know, UCC haven't won the competition since 1970. Back in, you know, Ray Cummins, Dr. Paddy Crowley, these people who were, you know, Paddy's still involved. So... It's not that they've been winning, winning, winning counties every single year for people to be criticising them. And I still, I still have the belief that, it, that they're, they're, they're a plus for the competition. The guys playing intermediate and junior in car curling, getting the chance to play at, at, at the higher level. And uh, I know this year it was, it was questioned last year at the convention, but I think overwhelmingly, the, the, I think the clubs, uh, I think voted for, you know, you know, I think for them to stay. So um, it's, you know, they're, they're very. They were young, they're young, they're young, they're young guys, you know, they don't, you know. Your, your co-commentator last night, your might, his club mightn't have been in favour of that, were they? And Mr. McGrath's uh, club. <laughs> no, I think they, they, they were the one, of the one of the clubs that didn't vote in favour of it, you know, they obviously have their reasons for it, and as, as they're entitled to do. Um, but uh, again, Shawnee played with UCC, obviously, when, in, when he was back in college, so would have known the benefits, and, you know, I know he enjoyed his time in UCC when he played with them. Yeah. Well, look, Joe, I suppose just to, to, to close it out on the UCC, like UCC have been huge contributors to car curling in general, right? And um, I would say their, their main function has been always the Fitzgibbon to bring through younger players. And I would be wholeheartedly in full agreement with Joe on the, uh, the cock-based players, but they're all coming from intermediate and junior clubs, the same as the divisionals. And that's why the divisions were set up, Anthony, the likes of the Cabries, the Avendus, the McKillies and so forth to give junior and intermediate players the uh, the option to play senior and let them play at a higher standard. But I certainly would be in the TJ Ryan camp there. But I think it's slightly unfair that an in, a fellow who's already in a senior, in the same senior championship in the country, is allowed to play in another county in the senior championship and gets a second bite of the cherry then in Cork for UCC. And I don't think... Uh, it is a help that those players are playing with UCC to, to help the intermediate and junior fellas but there is an unfair advantage there that they are in the they're in the same championship in another county, and that's where I that's the only issue I have with UCC. I, I there have been fantastic contributors to cork curling, but I think it should be allowed to just cork players alone, the same as the McKillies and the Avendus, and um, you know that a player can only you know. And if if a player wants to nominate a player for UCC and not play with his own club, so if Paddy O'Loughlin says I'm declaring for UCC and and you're I think that's what happened in the past as well in 1970 when, am I right in saying that some of the club players that won had senior clubs in Cork at that time and they elected to play with UCC and they didn't play with their own club in the senior championship? 
Um, that they didn't elect yeah, yeah, you're right. What did it? What just uh, what did they, they didn't elect the paper? So it was, it was known as the college rule at the time. That if you were if you were in if you were in college and you um and you were you were going to you were going to UCC, you had no choice but to play with UCC. And uh, so in in the past, I would have known some of the guys in my own club, Emma Fitzpatrick and even Ray Cummins, Seamus Looney, players who would have played, you know, great club players in the, with Black Rock in the bars. They would have had to play with UCC when they were in were in were in were in the in UCC at the time. But they, right, they changed okay. that rule a number of years ago. You can you can imagine being a. a, a, a a better selector and you're not having the Ray Cummins available to you because he was going to college. <laughs> Jesus. I, incidentally, just to throw it in there that they were knocked out of the Munster Club that year by a little black and white club from Clare, but we won't say any more about that. Um, yeah, <laughs> we, <laughs> I know, I know, Ray, but you can imagine being a Clare. Uh, Ray would be a Rocky show, wouldn't he? Rockies, yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, but you can imagine being a rocky. The point yeah. is still the same. Yeah. Jesus, yeah, Ray is playing against us after we yeah. nurtured him since but he was twelve. Yeah, no. in, in '99 in the county semi-final, Jodine, who was legible for Immaculate because Killer were intermediate at the time, got a goal in the last puck of the game to knock Immaculate out and put UCC through to the county final. So yeah. he he was in UCC on a bursary at the time. And that was all. So that, that was actually, all. That was all divisions meeting each other. We'll go away. <laughs> <laughs> that was total confusion. <laughs> no, but look, look, that, that, and it's gas. Like if if Bill Sheehan was available, Jesus, lads, like the way he played for Dixborough, and we'll get to that, uh, and we better move on because we're after, as usual, spending fifty minutes talking about cock. But anyway, um, yeah, look, there were. Are you going to move it from the little all island to the big all island now? Yeah, to the yeah. proper ones. <laughs> the crowds, the crowds that win the monster clubs and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> a lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.